welcome back to Hero Impact. I'm Gusunde Hilos, and today we're going to talk about the Me Too movement in science. Now, um, Me Too movement is started from Hollywood, of course, and all these bad guys of Hollywood that were dominated on actresses and other, you know, female of the profession. But thankfully, you know, something happened. I'm not sure what it was. That movement that helped not only actresses, but other women, other profession. And science is one of the profession that actually Me Too movement helped a lot. And it helped to address finally the sexual harassment issue that in science is really dominant. And until now, not so many things happen. So because it's a man-dominant profession, you know, we need actually to take a step back and address this issue of sexual harassment. And uh, thankfully, more studies now, uh, more funding is provided to find the data to actually discover the actual problem, how it is. Because without information, how sexual harassment is in science, we cannot take, you know, the appropriate measures to to address it, to minimize it, to make the perpetrators pay for what they're doing. Now, why this uh, harassment actually happens in academia? Now, some studies find out that 50%, like half of the women faculty in science, have experienced sexual harassment, which is really, really high number. Like one every two women experience that. And some other studies says about 30 to 50% of undergraduate women have experienced sexual harassment. So that is actually a huge number, 30 to 50 undergraduate women. So how, why this sexual harassment happens so much in science? Well, as Me Too movement says, it's all about abuse of power. And if you see how science works, you know, how this sector works, you understand that usually one professor, one, you know, uh, the the higher hierarchy man usually has got the power over, you know, uh, your salary, over your letter of recommendation to write you for a grant, over all these things are usually uh, in the power of one person. And that's why harassment happens, because of power. Now, uh, this person, the primary investigator, the top in the hierarchy, has got access to funding and also to students. He's the mentor. So the students really depend on him for funding, for, you know, money for their rent and everything, what, you know, depends of the situation. 
for let's say for recommendation for final a job for field trips all these things are rely on one person or their professor so it's quite easy for a person that is harassing to harass at the end of the day also we have scientists that stay in the lab for many hours or in remote areas for their field uh, work so it's quite easy for harassment to happen in these situations and because you know the work-life boundaries in science really blur then the perpetrator find opportunities to harass the victims the students and the the re researchers depends of the situation so um this actually affect the graduates the students you know uh the victims in a way they are quality of their work of course some they're afraid to stay in the lab for long hours or go to feed to their field work i mean all this is happening so if happens too much too brutal some they choose even to to leave science because of this sexual harassment because of the scandal does rarely come out and if they do the victims don't have this protection over them to this there are no policies actually to protect them so uh this is happening in science and thankfully for the me to movement especially in america things are happening that can become better for the sector unfortunately europe is not so much in doing things uh to improve you know um and in, even in cyprus things are way back i mean we still do some studies, not so much to address the, the issue, but there's no really discussion and we don't have a discussion, then we're not gonna find a way to solve this huge issue of sexual harassment in science, because that is one of the reasons that women are living science and science are, is actually disappointing women because of that. So, um, so we need to change things. Uh, we need to have policies for that. Uh, we need to um, get power back from the professors, from the primary investigators. Uh, they have access to huge funding, uh, you know, budgets. So the funding agencies need to have some policies that if these people are harassed, then they're not going to get their funding because of that. So this, in a way, a lot of ways actually to address this problem, to, to kind of solve it. Uh, so uh, things are happening very slow in science there was also a movement of me too stem movement 
which is about women in science, women in STEM. Unfortunately, the founder has some allegations against her. Uh, she make uh, Twitter accounts, fake ones, and posts as a Native American scientist that was reporting sexual harassment. So that really changed the movement. But um, some women came forward because of the movement and they said about their stories. They share, you know, heartbreaking stories and for losing opportunities, uh, the pain, their system failing them to protect them. And they were hurt. So uh, some professors in America, there were um, kind of a huge actually list of professors. They were fired, you know, um, because of that, uh, because of some allegations about sexual harassment. And that is actually, thankfully, good. But also the, the opposite side of having male uh, professors, male uh, investigate, primary investigators, they don't accept to mentor female students because of sexual harassment. So that is the opposite side that because women are speaking now, you know, f male professors don't want them in their team because they are speaking. And their workplace relation actually changed over these past few years of the movement, which is actually the end damage, damaging again women because of the male, male managers, the male um, primary investigators, the top in the hierarchy, they don't choose women now for work. So again, sexual harassment, even if it's not happening, is damage uh, our careers as a woman in science. And again, women keeping them out of the rightful place in science they have. And maybe minimizing again uh, the numbers of women in science. So the numbers, uh, some studies they show and the numbers are really huge disappointment. Some other study actually says that 71% of female scientists said they had been sexually harassed during field research. So, I mean, the numbers are huge, huge. If you see how, how much sexual harassment is exist in science. And again, we're not going to do anything if we don't find the data. How big is the sexual harassment? All the studies I'm mentioning now are in USA. And I cannot find some more specifically about the Meet uh, Meet Two movement. Some studies on in Europe, in Cyprus, in Europe, in just nearly near to our um, environment, unfortunately, which is a big disappointment. Uh, that Me Too movement hasn't really influenced 
Europe in science. Maybe influence other uh, professions, but not in science, not so much in science. And that's why I think that me to movement in science doesn't really didn't really happen so much because it didn't show a big change. It shows some change maybe in USA, but not so much in other places. And until we have change globally, then we will not have change at all. And Me Too movement is our opportunities as women science to have finally change and to have a change that at least is going to give us some protection as women in science. And the perpetrators, the, um, the ones that are doing the sexual harassment get some punishment and not the funding they are getting now. So this is another episode of Harry Impact. Thank you for being with me. I hope I give you some perspective on sexual harassment and the Me Too movement in science. Have a nice uh, day. I'll see you next time with another episode.